0: Welcome to the Journal of Special Operations Medicine, I'm your co-host, Alex Merkel, And I'm Josh Randles, and this is where evidence-based medicine meets unconventional warfare.
1: The views and opinions you are about to hear are the speaker's own, and nothing contained herein is to be considered the official opinion of the Journal of Special Operations Medicine or the U.S. government, including the Defense Health Agency, Department of Defense, Department of the Army, Navy, or Air Force. Hi, everyone. This is Michelle Landers, founding publisher of the JSOM. I'd like to thank you for joining the JSOM's 20th anniversary interview series. We are excited to bring together a host of experts, all leaders in the soft medical community. In these interviews, we will be discussing the ever evolving methods of treating battlefield trauma and injury and how those methods have changed over the 20 years since the JSOM's inception. I hope you'll find these talks as informative as we do.
0: And welcome back. We have got the privilege today of chatting with a very special guest. It's Chief Master Sergeant Rubio of the PGA Schoolhouse, and really excited to chat about some of the changes within the career field as far as ongoing training. Uh, Welcome so much, Chief.
1: Hey, Alex. Thanks for having me.
0: And we always like to start off by getting a little bit of background. Could you maybe introduce yourself to the listenership and describe some of your past involvement within soft medicine?
1: Yes. Um, so, Michael Rubio, my current position is here at the uh, PJ Schoolhouse here at Kirtland Air Force Base, in New Mexico. So... I've been here for about three years, so if that says anything about my operational relevancy and you know how fast our community changes with medicine, so I'm about three years out of the game. I stay connected, you know, as much as possible, as, as far as it pertains to curriculum. Really began my career as a PJ back in 2000, 2001, going through the pipeline. At that point, uh, paramed still went through the a SOCOM course with our sister service uh, components i believe that was yeah back in 2000 if i got my dates right after that went to a rescue squadron first deployment was early 2003 back then the the medicine was pretty straightforward basically everything i learned at the SOCOM course served me very well didn't see anything too complex outside of that my next uh, assignment was out to okinawa's the 320th special tactics squadron again our medical training was something that we leaned on very heavily probably one of our first and foremost skills when folks think about pararescue or at least that's the way we thought of it after that i went to the uh, 24th now 724 special tactics squadron in uh, fort bragg north carolina spent quite a few years there and now I'm here. So that's a little bit about me. You know, one thing that I kind of touched on already is like, hey, medicine throughout my career has always been the foundation. We've continued to tack on additional skills on top of that. But really, that's always been something I've been able to lean back on. And, and really, it started from the foundational training that I, that I received at uh, j
0: Wow, that sounds like you've probably been involved in what I like to call places with people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and that's, that's all I'm gonna say about that. Well, fantastic, thanks so much for that background. And so today I think we're gonna talk about training in the PJ career field, and you've already touched on it a little bit, but it sounds like in the last 20 years since j started publishing, and it sounds like coincidentally, since you went through the pipeline, um, things have changed a couple of different times. Would you mind maybe walking us through where the PJ training was at your timeline and, and how that's changed? And then, of course, I think we're all very interested to know what's coming down the pipeline with the changes in War.
1: As I alluded to, coming with zero medical training whatsoever, I showed up on uh, Jay Somsky's doorstep had no idea what I was getting into, not even, you know, whatever anatomy and physiology I brought with me from high school, it was a fire hose from day one. There was there was no expectation uh, that you were there and you were gonna graduate. You basically got out of it what you put into it. And one of the key things was just repetition, just repetition, training, on the basics and i I say that you know i'd like to emphasize that because i really do feel like that is the key to success it's very easy today especially with all the advances in medicine to kind of get the cart before the horse hey look look at all look at all these amazing uh, advances we've got in blood transfusion pushing uh, technology further and further out into the field but without a a very strong foundation and the basics to hang that technology and those advances on, you're just not getting the full benefit and, and you miss some very critical things. So I was probably one of the last classes to go through Jason C during that time. My assumption is that the Air Force kind of looked at the cost benefit Hey, what are, what are we getting out of the j Somsi model? We've already selected our guys. Our guys are already highly selected. Tried and true. We, we've put a lot of training into them. But like I said, the, the J-SOMC model at that time was, hey, there's no expectation that you're going to graduate. So the Air Force took a look at that and uh, wanted to get more production out of uh, what they were putting <laughs> in. Not a bad call, you know, but it was... Uh, Kind of a start down the road to we can do this as well. And I, I think that's, I think that's a, can be a true statement. You know, there's no true magic behind it. The thing is, uh, Jay Somsey had a lot of experience doing it. So over the next shoot, I guess, yeah, it's been about 20 years, you know, we've been uh, continually trying to refine our process. So when I came back here, that was in uh, 2017, first thing I saw is, hey, this is a civilian contract that we're putting our guys through to get them the National Registry requirement, right? So taught by civilians, led by civilians, which is fine. Like They're the experts at getting folks to pass the National Registry. What I didn't see was a lot of that rote repetition. When you're in such a compressed cycle to get to the National Registry benchmark, man, you got to focus on National Registry stuff. Somebody will probably check my numbers on this, but I think your typical like a hey, civilian National Registry paramedic program is somewhere between the 15 to 18 month range. We put our guys through in about seven months. Again, from that base knowledge of whatever they brought with them, whether that be high school, maybe a little bit of college, but a very accelerated program. So when you do that, you got to focus on the end state, right? Uh, when I came through SOMPsi and arrived at Kirtland for a pararescue school, there was a block of training in there called tactical medicine or PJ med, dirt med. I, I can't remember exactly, but gone through several iterations but it was really more of just a formality because our medicine was so finely honed at that point it was uh, yeah, from the instructor's point of view, yeah, you guys are great at this, let's move on to something else <laughs> so uh, I will tell you when I got here I saw that that was the highest that was our highest attrition block when I got here for, for reasons that I alluded to. So we started taking a look at it. We got a great medical staff here right now and they're very involved. They are seeing the same things that I saw, you know, cause it's kind of self-evident. Hey, why, why are guys failing this block? It's not that they're not capable. Let's look at our training program. So, so that's what we're doing right now is introducing, okay, hey, if you gotta go through and get your national registry, let's do that. But how do we reinforce those basics? So just patient assessments, sticks and rags, you know, splinting, uh, getting patients on litters, moving patients on litters—just good basic battlefield trauma skills.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you've had the same experiences as a lot of the rest of SOF in terms of um, perhaps losing our roots and focus with some of the basics of the last couple of decades, especially when we've gotten spoiled with um, short transit times and all the fancy gadgets. But, you know, I, I was actually reminded of what is quoted as being an anonymous Navy SEAL who mentioned the famous line we've all heard of, we don't rise to the level of our expectations in times of crisis. We fall to the level of our training. It looks like that's actually from the Greek lyrical poet of Archilochus. So I think maybe this same cycle of uh, losing our focus on the basics may have been going on for a while.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't claim to have any original thought. Yes, that that makes sense to me. And I think these things become self-evident as well you know
0: uh, sure and so it sounds like you guys are doing some pretty exciting changes at the schoolhouse and even at a more strategic level in AF spec war so um what are some of the retrenches or pivots that you guys are doing um to modify policy for your training pipeline
1: so as as far as policy I I can only speak to this as uh you know what may be coming out and I'm by no means speaking on behalf of uh, the Special Warfare Training Wing. But I think they're getting more basics early on. Uh, they're getting introduced to just core common skills earlier on, even before they arrive at our doorstep. So, you know, the, the basics of TCCC. So that they're not that potentially high school student coming in with no knowledge whatsoever. So So that's part of it. Also, there is some downtime just within our pipeline in our schoolhouse right now. As they progress throughout the pipeline, there is some downtime. And uh, the med staff here is really looking at that as opportunity. Again, reaching back to my experience, I had no idea what a femur was or where it was, but I could splint one. I could splint it very well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I may not have known the reason behind putting on a chest seal, but I knew exactly when it was indicated and how to do it well, you know, just through repetition. So things like that, that you can start with on day one is uh, getting these guys exposure, getting them comfortable with just what what an assessment looks like. hey, And then teach them the, the anatomy, the physiology, the wound patterns, the drug interactions and stuff like that you build on top of that at a later time.
0: Well, usually we like to ask what the trigger for change is in implementation of modification for the particular topic that we're chatting about. But I think you've already covered that one for me quite well. So thanks for doing that. I appreciate it. And then also we like to drill down and ask about who's the current audience. But I think in this particular case, this is, we'll certainly focus on PJ, also um, some lessons that have been learned across the soft medical field. But then we also like to always end these interviews by looking forward. How do you think that you guys have been able to use data or have you been able to use data to show improvements in outcomes for your teammates that you've treated or any patients out there?
1: So we're a very small community. And I'll tell you, in in recent years, we have kind of, come back to the banner a hey, uh, rallying around uh, Doc rush, uh, Doc Dorsch, as somebody that kind of coalesce us all together. you know I think they're capturing a lot of the lessons learned and then putting out guidance from there. But also to be honest, word of mouth. <laughs> there are several times a year when we get together, whether it be specifically to talk about medicine, whether it be we're specifically talking about the curriculum that's taught here at the schoolhouse, what can come out of that is probably considered anecdotal. Hey, you know, this is what we're seeing from the field, but you get to hear it more and more times. And then that kind of kind of drives a change for the customer, let's call them, you know, whether that be your, your team, whether that be your teammates, you know, sometimes we're attached to uh, sister service soft. Really, really, I would say most of it is anecdotal, but there are quantitative things out there, reports. But I'm not sure exactly how we're using that today. I rest assured that that's what's happening. You know, we're not going just off of anecdotal stuff. Really, what we're involved in is the uh, go-do. Hey, guys, this is where the community is at this is where we're going in the future and this is why
0: yeah fair enough and i guess probably one of the bigger opportunities that i've seen you guys in the pj community have is the annual pizza party at somsa that always looks really fun whenever i walk by and it always makes me feel (laughs) sad to not be a part of it (laughs) for those few folks in the community who don't know about that that sounds like an opportunity every year to swap lessons learned and connect with your fellow teammates from across the country and across the world. And I sure hope we get the opportunity to see you chief at SOMSA this year. And then a, a bit of a shameless plug for those few folks who don't know it, which is that the journal of special operations medicine through breakaway media has the para rescue handbook. So we can standardize improved care to deliver outstanding care to the patient or teammate. Well, Chief, thanks so much for your time and insight today. It is always a privilege and a pleasure to have the opportunity to chat with folks who are experienced across a breadth of operational and tactical medicine such as yourself. Uh, Have you got any closing thoughts to share with the community?
1: No, I, I think if I was just to put a bow on it, you know, it would just be, hey, we're, we're always going to continue to advance medicine. We're going to get better at it. We're going to continue to find the, the key elements that save our brothers and sisters in arms out there. But we can't forget about the basics of what we know today saves lives. So, uh, you know, let's, let's remember every once in a while to get back to the basics and then just uh, use that as a foundation.
0: I love it. Truer words couldn't have been spoken. Well,
1: thanks so much, Chief.
0: Uh, say hi to everybody at the schoolhouse for us. All right, we'll do. Thank you, Alex. This is Sophia Rodriguez, Director of Marketing and Social Media Communications for the JSON. I want to encourage
1: our listeners to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at JSON Online, and to sign up to receive our free e-newsletter on our website at JSAMonline.org. We love hearing from our subscribers and followers and welcome your feedback and suggestions.